Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. Recently, we had the Point Zero Forum, an event that was co-organized by Singapore and Switzerland. And it was about discussing digital financial technology innovations. Well, at this forum was Deputy Prime Minister Heng Sui Kiet. And he described new wave technologies such as decentralized finance or DeFi and Web 3.0 as potentially game changing. See, both DeFi and Web 3.0 have the chance to bring about economic and social benefits by doing away with intermediaries and delivering greater inclusion. However, at this early stage, a lot of questions, you know, things like regulatory frameworks, accessibility, these continue to be asked. So our next guest, Kyber Network, believes it is time to evolve from discussing crypto markets to understanding the true value of DeFi and Web 3.0, which is to give users choice and control, while also also recognizing the need to build sustainable platforms and to do so in a secure way. So let's talk about focusing on this ecosystem and what would the finance world look like once it becomes dominant? Well, online with me is Imran Mohammed, who is head of marketing, Kyber Network and KyberSwap.com. Good morning, Imran. Good morning, Elliot and Ryan. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, talk about Kyber Network, uh, Singapore founded blockchain-based liquidity hub. Uh, what else can you tell us about it and you know, what exactly does your role entail? Sure, Elliot. So our core product, KyberSwap, is a decentralized exchange, which means that users can swap, earn, participate in DeFi at the best rates with self-custody, with security, and the best user experience. Okay. Growing DeFi and Web 3.0, this ecosystem, mm-hmm. I guess to start us off, it feels like Singapore seems to be the best place to grow this. I mean, why do you think so? Well, clearly Singapore is a financial hub. You know, there's great talent here. There's great connectivity here. Uh, there's great business incentives to be based here. And I think Singapore pretty much at the forward of thinking about regulatory issues around blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, digital assets, and DeFi as well. Mm. So I think it's no surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But doesn't this pose a problem for everyone around us to, for lack of a better choice of words, keep pace simply because uh, we're talking about a region where there are other developing economies as well? Yep. So, like, you know, Singapore has the same concern just as any other country, right? So, like, we are looking at protecting the users. They're looking at concerns, things like fraud, terrorism, money laundering. I think these are all valid concerns. Okay. Uh, as you mentioned, you have the Point Zero Forum. And I think the whole goal here is to bring consensus and alignment with other regulators, uh, even with industry players. So, even Kyber Network was at Point Zero Forum because we were invited and we were also showcased as part of this whole DeFi future. So, I think Singapore is actually doing well to keep ahead of trends. Uh, and clearly, there are many of the big names in cryptocurrency and blockchain technology that already reside within Singapore as well. I do want to find out more about what Kyber Network had to offer at this forum. But first, uh, if you don't mind, let's take a step back and reintroduce DeFi and Web 3.0. Why is it so crucial at this stage now? And what makes it so different from everything that we've been encountering so far? You know, decentralized finance and now Web 3.0. So if you look at what DeFi is trying to do, the whole ethos of it is to say that, hey, um, can we provide users and consumers 
access? Can we champion human freedoms? Can we not sell consumer data? So the whole movement is towards open source, decentralization, the fact that a user can have access while maintaining privacy and self-custody, which means that I hold my own assets, you hold your own assets. We don't entrust it in a centralized entity. So if you look at a lot of the movements, even in the crypto space where a lot of centralized platforms like Celsius, Voyager, uh, they kind of broke down and users could not access their funds. I think that became a bull case for DeFi, right? Because you're saying, hey, you know, we need to have at least an option where consumers can do that. Um, I think there are larger movements and political movements around the world where, you know, some citizens, when they disagree with the government, the government says, hey, okay, we'll freeze your bank account. So I think there are movements such as these, incidents such as this, where uh, from the market, perspective and even from the industry perspective, people are saying, hey, you know, we need to give uh, users options and DeFi is reimagining what the finance industry would be like with these options. Mm. So what did you guys at Kyber Network bring to the table of the Point Zero Forum? Well, we are one of the industry partners that were invited there. We weren't a speaker, however, because we do have some relationships with the organizers and the people present, uh, we were showcased as one of the players that has been around for several years in the DeFi space. In fact, before people called it DeFi, we were innovating on uh, blockchain technology, providing liquidity into a space where you know institutions traditionally had not been participating. So therefore, how do you create liquidity? And that's why we call ourselves a liquidity hub, right? Mm. So a lot of DeFi DeFi is actually participated in by normal users like you and I, putting in our capital and then therefore facilitating trades, right? Because normally a bank would have large amounts of reserves in order to facilitate trades and yeah. transactions. So that's the big part of looking at how do we bootstrap and make this economy work as well. Mm. I see the case that you're building here, you know, in terms of the economic and social benefits that hold uh, notion of greater inclusion. But... How does that, you know, more broadly factor in in terms of economic growth? I mean, when governments look at it, they'll be wondering how this benefits uh, the entire country. That's a great question. I think if you look at it from, let's say, the centralized banks, right, even the CEO of DBS is saying that in five to 10 years, you have blockchain technology likely powering at least some of the back ends of even the banks, the central banks and uh, the large institutions that you see around. Um, so I think from a technology point of view, it's clear that many corporations, governments included, are looking at the technology itself to power some of their back end office. Um, you will also see many of the central banks banks issuing their own uh, centralized stable coins. Um, you will also see a lot of industry players being involved, right? So you have a lot of corporations, government-linked companies investing into Web3 companies, DeFi protocols, uh, cryptocurrency companies, so on and so forth. So I think there's this whole uh, actual gold rush that's actually going into the whole crypto and Web3 space. Mm. There will be a lot of failures, right? Because it's a very nascent industry. And that's why there's a lot of institutions coming in and kind of like placing their bets uh, into which set of technologies, which family or which protocols or which chains we think will be working and kind of lasting the race or winning that race. Okay. I'm going to question my own question by talking about regulation right now, Imran. Uh, bear yeah. with me. I try to phrase this the best that I can. So yeah. I'm getting the sense that this kind of opens up control, if I'm describing that correctly. Yet at the same time, when I introduce regulation, say as a government, it is about putting control. But in this case, I am introducing regulation to open up control. Is that one of the reasons why it's so hard to have this conversation about regulation? Yeah, I think there's no clear way forward. Like, it's no obvious way forward, right? Because these are 
considerations and ideas which do not really have a lot of precedent. Um, so there's a lot of discussion and what is, for example, the Web3 consortium, uh, mm-hmm. which is comprised by a lot of internet companies, big companies, and even government representatives. Uh, they recently came out and said, hey, we have this standardized protocols around decentralized identity, which means that in future, a user like you and I can actually interact with banks, with employer systems, with even government systems while keeping our data private. That means the other party on the other end doesn't actually collect our personal data. So I think that there are ways where technology can enable privacy while still maintaining um, some level of control, compliance. And I think that's where the middle ground lies, right? So I think that's where I think it's really important for governments, for institutions, for players who are building technologies to actually sit down and have these discussions. And right now, it's very vague, but it's for obvious reasons, right? Because it's so early. And secondly, because I think governments do want to have flexibility to enact certain actions or follow up regulations as they see fit. So uh, it's something that's early and is still developing. Yeah, but with data, it's such a huge uh, commodity. It's interesting. I'm talking to someone who is the head of marketing, uh, yet we're talking about plays here that would keep data private. How can companies like Kyber work with users and governments to really unleash the potential here of uh, Define Web 3.0? Yeah, so I think for most of us in the Web3 space or DeFi space, most of us started in Web2, right? So I started in e-commerce, for example. So exactly what you said, I used to have a whole repository of everyone's emails, everyone's (laughs) phone numbers, everyone's Google account or Apple account. And I don't have that anymore as a marketer, right? So this is a whole different ethos where we're actually trusting the community and saying, hey, uh, follow us on our social platforms, keep in touch with us, communicate with us, give us feedback about what you like, what you don't like. And as an industry, we need to kind of really trust the customer's feedback and hold them really close because I don't have them on the leash anymore. Mm. So you're very right. The industry operates in a very different way because of the principal values that we hold. Uh, But yet the consumers or the users that do come to us actually can stay with us longer because there's this inherent trust and they know that we're not spying on them or holding their private data. This brings us to a really tough question, Imran. And if you have any examples to share, that would be great. When we look ahead, how do you see the finance world looking like? Once we really get used to define Web 3.0 regulations, etc., etc., that's the dormant thing, which will happen, the dominant thing. So I think if you look at certain things which does take intermediaries, that does take a lot of paperwork, that does take a lot of human approvals, um, I think there are certain things that can just be made more efficient. Let's talk about a very simple example. Let's say in the real world today, people hold events. People hold, let's say, an outdoors event, a carnival, a family event. Mm. And as an organizer, typically, if you're putting in a million dollars into something like this, you would say, hey, you know, I want to take insurance. Okay. And if something happens to my event, if let's say tomorrow rains and the whole event is cancelled, I kind of want to have at least an umbrella uh, safety blanket, right? Mm. So, you know, it could quote such things into DeFi, where it's literally based on code and not based on the fallible judgment of a human being by saying, hey, um, if 
X happens, such as rain happens on this day, between this day to this time, and insurance payout is automatically paid out. So if you look at DeFi and what we are trying to do, there's a lot of cutting out of intermediate steps. There's a lot of automation. There's a lot of trustlessness, as we say, uh, which means that you don't need to have someone as an intermediary or a human in a position to mm. approve or not approve certain mm. things. Um, and I think if you look at where this goes, it could go into finance, it could go into payments, it could go into e-commerce, it could go into insurance, like I mentioned, and investments and a lot more things. Very timely, right? I mean, and just to wrap up, because I'm thinking uh, we are all trying to build an ecosystem to anticipate future volatility. I mean, touch would say 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when this becomes dominant, and let's say we have another big pandemic, it could play out very well, well, for businesses at least. Um, yeah, so I think for this technology, the whole point is to provide um, a lot of access for both users and uh, business players. Mm-hmm. I think the whole idea is when this becomes uh, commonplace, I don't know whether it will completely replace uh, the traditional finance. My more practical point of view is that it gives real options okay. for users in the market, right? Okay. And it will likely fall into an equilibrium somewhere in the middle. You know, just like today, you have... The different options for different users in different markets. Um, in the future, with such disruptions, there will be less volatility because users do have options. You know, if um, one sector is affected, I can go into another sector. If mm. one wallet is affected or one bank account is affected, I have this other digital account with digital assets that I can uh, also rely on. Um, and of course, this does require a lot of the crypto speculation, a lot okay. of the hacking, a lot of uh, the rocks and scams to also be eliminated. So I think these are things Uh, which are obvious on the wall, which need to be worked on by both industry as well as the regulators. Wow, that's really excellent insight. And I appreciate it this morning. been speaking with Imran Muhammad, who is Head of Marketing Kyber Network and KyberSwap.com. Imran, thank you for your time again. Take care. Have a great day. Yeah. Thank you, Elliot. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.